0: If you went to a foreign country and you didn't know much of the language, you wouldn't expect to be well understood using English. And yet we go into these situations with people who don't speak the same way we do and we demand they hear us. And this is where we get into trouble.
1: You're listening to Stand Out Get Noticed, the show that helps you communicate with confidence so you can stand out from the crowd and get noticed by all the right people. You want to be a person of influence and achieve success in business and in life, this podcast is for you. To subscribe to the show, go to thecmethod.com. Hey there, peeps. It's Christina Cantors with you here for episode 62. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Have you ever wondered why you get along really well with some people and with others you think, what's their problem? It may very well have nothing to do with you. It just may be that they have a different style of communicating. In today's episode, we're talking all about different personality types, what they are, why people communicate the way they do, and how to identify them, and why it's important to be aware of these different communication styles if you want to be happy and productive at work and in your relationships. And to help me, I'm joined by training and development expert, Ralph Muir Morris. Ralph consults with companies to help their people make the most of their abilities through excellent communication and leadership. He's also a lead facilitator with JHW, a corporate training company based here in Melbourne and also in Sydney. I recently went to their three-day engagement skills workshop where I learned a ton about communicating with different personality types. It was so valuable, I wanted to get Ralph on the show to give you an introduction to this concept. Now, you may already be familiar with what the Myers-Briggs DISC and Colors personality tests teach us, in which case, that's awesome, you are already a step up, (laughs) but you should still listen in for a refresher and the different perspective that Ralph offers. Show notes for this episode will be at thecmethod.com slash Ralph. That's Ralph with a P-H. Before we get into that, one quick announcement – I'm updating my website at thecmethod.com, which is really exciting, I know. But if you go to the show notes link and there's a coming soon landing page there instead of the show notes, don't stress because the new site will be launching very soon. The podcast will continue on as normal and I'll be posting updates on Twitter and Facebook. So go follow me there to stay in the loop. Just Google Christina Cantors and my Twitter and Facebook will come up because I'm the only Christina Cantors around. (laughs) Okay. This is also your last chance to sign up for the free 21-day confidence building course as I'm changing things up with the new site and the full 21 days will no longer be free. So go to thecmethod.com right after you've listened to this episode and join the course. It will only be available up until Sunday, the 19th of June, as the new site launches on Monday, the 20th. And yes, there will be a coming soon landing page, but you'll still be able to sign up. There will be a little opt-in box there. Alrighty, so let's get into this chat with Ralph Muir Morris. Enjoy. Enjoy. So, you've been doing this for a really long time. You've been interested in human behavior and communication for yes. many years now, I understand. What made you first get into this so we, area?
0: Well, I started my life in sales and, and then sales management and marketing. But I developed an interest in training and development and training people. And so, I moved into training and development, human resources, that, that, that side of the world And became interested in behaviour, of all things. My sister's a clinical psychologist, and so it runs in the family. Mm. We like to uh, understand what's going on and make sense of the world and see if we can't find a better way through and and do those sorts of things. So uh, I went off and did my Master's in Leadership and Organisation Dynamics and uh, did that a little later in life, but it was just following the path of what I was fascinated in doing. And so um, I find myself... Doing this for a living, really.
1: And I know you do a variety of things.
0: Yes, I do. They're all to do with uh, interpersonal skills, communication skills, whether they be leadership, whether they be negotiating, uh, presenting, or just building better relationships, working relationships with with colleagues that uh, that you go to work day to day with.
1: One thing I want to focus on in this chat is dealing with different personality types because I attended one of your workshops that you run through JHW and that was all about engagement skills and I found it absolutely fascinating. Excellent. For someone who's who's never heard of this concept before, what is this concept of different personalities and communication styles?
0: Okay, well, it's been around for a very long time and... and... You don't have to spend very long talking to other people to realise it. you get on really well with some people, and it's really easy in the conversations, relaxed and chilled. And then you meet other people, and you think, wow, what's their problem, you know, why why are they not being nice to me, everybody else is nice to me, they must have a real issue. And it happens for all of us. And after a while you start to go, gee, there's actually a group of those people that I really, I don't know, enjoy talking to, and I'm wondering if I did something, or you know, if I said something, or. But no, I, I treat them the same as everybody else. So why is it they don't want to talk to me? Why can I get on so well with some people socially or in the workplace or in other areas? But I just have this group of folk, you know, and I, I don't know, maybe I did something wrong in a past life. You know, I still have to worry <laughs> about all that stuff. And then eventually you go, well, no, um, perhaps it's not me. Well, not in the sense that the way I communicate really works well with some people. But then I discovered that that same form of communication isn't as effective with everybody. Mm. Um, and since you know people were sitting around campfires you know <laughs> in the Stone Age era, we got to realize that people were different, and it's been attributed to a whole lot of different causes, but in the end, there are different types of people. Mm. and if you start with that premise, you know that you cannot say the same thing to everybody and get the same reaction.
1: So that means that we have to change the way that we communicate.
0: Well, it does, and it's not a foreign concept. Um, You know, if you go um, and look after a children's party, you'll find yourself talking in a certain way to the kids because if you start mentioning politics or, you know, um, finance rates or whatever, they're not really going to click. Now, if you're in a a church and it's a sombre occasion, you'll adjust your behaviour for that. And if you're at a party with your friends, you'll behave differently again. So behaving differently isn't an unusual concept for everybody. We just take the visual clues and our social learning and go, Okay, well in this situation this is the way I talk. Or when I'm talking to, you know, the Prime Minister, I'll probably hopefully, <laughs> be respectful. Maybe I won't, maybe I'm, you know, apolitical. But We do adjust and it's not unusual to adjust. So um, the idea is that we need to think about who's in front of us and how do we get our message across.
1: So what holds people back from taking it to that next level? If we're already naturally good or most of us naturally good at being able to look at different situations, different people and change the way we communicate according to that, why are we then why many of us are so bad at then looking, being able to pick different personality types when we're in a work environment, in business, talking to a client, whatever.
0: Sure. Well, I think there's a whole lot of factors. One of them is it takes a bit of effort. It's not an easy thing to do. And for some of us, we think, well, why should I bother? Why can't they make an effort? Why do I have to make an effort? Why is it always me? But in the end, if you want something from somebody, then you are going to have to make an effort. Um... If we expect the world to come to our door and hand us gifts, it's not really going to happen. So if we want to be successful in our social life, in our business life, we need to think about how do I effectively communicate with this person. Mm. If you went to a foreign country and you didn't know much of the language, you wouldn't expect to be well understood using English. And yet we go into these situations with people who don't speak the same way we do. And we demand they hear us. And this is where we get into trouble. It's not that they set out to make life difficult or they, they wanted to do the wrong thing by us. It's just that we made it really hard for them to hear us.
1: Okay. Can we talk about the different, the different personality types? Because I know there are quite a few personality matrices or personality tests out there that I'm sure listeners are aware of. But the one that you use, I found to be quite simple and really uneasy to understand. So can you just give us an overview of that? Sure. Um, Um,
0: There are many, many descriptors. And what you find is a common theme is they break the world into four. Um, So apologies for everybody who has a favourite type descriptor because there's many of them. The vast majority have four. And that goes back to um, the day – well, Early era when they talked about people being phlegmatic and melancholic and sanguine and choleric. Uh, But it doesn't really matter whether you're a Myers-Briggs fan or you're a disc fan. Everybody thinks that there are four styles, and they're based on whether we are more task-oriented, whether we want to get on and do the job, or whether we're more people and relationship-focused. And the world roughly divides in half around that. There are a few more men that are in the task camp and a few more women that are in the relationship camp, but not dramatically different so it's it's kind of a sixty forty um and then there are the people who want to just go out there and make it happen, shake the branches, get going, and are really very uncomfortable with not doing something. The other half of the world wants to be sure they're doing the right thing before they launch off down the road
2: mm.
0: so it's about learning and understanding. What's going on in my environment before I uh, take my steps forward, versus um, let's just get on with it, we'll fix it as we go. And so, generally speaking, they're the they're the two um, the two parameters. You're either a bit more hang on, what's going on, or you're a bit more let's go. Mm-hmm. And you're either task focused or you're relationship focused. So for those used to two by twos, <laughs> that gives us four little boxes. And uh, the boxes are variously described. I really like uh, something you'll find on the internet, um, which is the birds, mm-hmm. because it's a nice visual, um, and that's the eagle, and the owl, and the peacock, and the dove. And as a visual, I think they represent themselves well. If you think about the eagle, you know, this is the fast, swoop, grab, go. Um, this is the type of personality, this is the... Um, Nike, just do it, guy or gal. We would call them power and control people because they want to be in charge. They want to take control of the situation. They want to make it happen. They want to deliver. And their life is about delivering things on time. Mm. So that's the real focus of that. If we stay with the task people but go to those who like to learn stuff, we get to the owl, the wise owl who wants to know everything about their area of interest. So they're the subject matter expert, they're the, uh, the guru, if you like, and they, uh, they like being clever, they like being knowledgeable, and they like people to come and ask for, the, for their advice, because they've spent many hours <laughs> drilling down and learning everything there is to learn. Uh, we move to the people side of the world, we've got, to, we've got the peacock and the dove. The peacock, as you can imagine, likes to display the feathers, uh, doesn't mind being seen in public, and really we would say they brand themselves. So they like to brand themselves in the way they look, they like to brand the work they do. They want the people that matter to see it, notice it and go, wow, that's amazing. So there's a lot of amazing wow stuff going on in the world with the Peacock. But they're pretty hard to miss, you know, they're, they're out there and they're shaking the branches. But it's about relationships. So they live their lives through networks, connections, people they meet, getting to know the people that matter. And then uh, the Dove is the one that keeps us all sane, keeps us all together. This is the team player. Um, The Dove is the collaborative, um, the one that wants um, friendship uh, and wants people to get on together and to work and build a collaborative team and take us all forward. Mm. Uh, They don't like to see people hurt. They don't like to see anyone left behind. And they have the moral compass of the world. So they they tell us, you know, uh, when we're doing the wrong thing. And that's as an overview of the mm. four of them.
1: So where where might we find each of these different personality styles within a work environment, say? Sure. So um, that the, the eagle is going to be your exec team? Yeah.
0: <laughs> it varies a little yeah. from industry to industry, okay. but typically the eagle – tend to be in charge, you know, mm-hmm. they tend to be the middle to senior managers, um, not exclusively, but they, you know, because they deliver on time, on budget to spec, very very much the project manager, and that could be, in a, you know, in dozens of industries, but somebody that grabs a project and delivers it, mm-hmm. you know, and they, they're they the ones that get the, the difficult jobs and they go and move the roadblocks and they make it happen. So uh, from team leader to senior manager... Most people who have a decision-making role, um, I'd say sixty percent of them at least, are an eagle style. So uh, yeah, you, you'll find them in boardrooms and you'll find them you know, around the place.
2: Mm.
0: You won't find them partying very much. Well, not in the workplace. Uh, they keep their life, their social lives very separate. Mm. So they come to work, they do the work, and they come.
1: Yep, works work and plays play. Absolutely, they don't mix the two.
0: And people confuse um, that behaviour with them not caring or not being sensitive or not having a heart. They're very concerned humans. They just think that work's there to do the work. Mm. You know, we, we go away and we have our social life elsewhere, our community work is done elsewhere because mm. we're compartmentalising everything.
1: Yep. Mm. Absolutely. And then the owl, the wise, detailed people.
0: Well, yes, we're the quality of we're in the owl space. So... Um, we know we have to deliver things, but it has to be to a high quality because quality is everything to to the owl. And the owl uh, can kind of burn deadlines because it's not quite perfect enough. So they are prone to being perfectionists and they are prone to kind of procrastinating a little bit because they just want to make sure everything's absolutely right. And this need for it to be right can be a bit stifling. Yeah. So um, they have to learn that in business, you know, you're not going to get three years to finish the project. You've got six months and you've got to make it happen. And uh, But they put their reputation on quality and delivering a quality pro- product, whatever that product might be. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, technical uh, people, obviously, uh, the owls, um, IT, finance, whole range of industries, engineering, law, uh, lot of owls in mm. engineering. Yeah.
1: You know, when, when I used to be an architect, I – did a lot of drafting work and with drafting you have to be very precise with where you're putting the lines everything has to be on its separate layer and labeled correctly and dimensioned properly and the owls quote uh, at at my at my firm they were super pedantic about you know this has to be like this and this has to be like that and I'm definitely not an owl
0: no I I have picked that up
1: and (laughs) and um for me to then go and have to draft these drawings with such, you know, with 100% precision, I would just, it just killed me to do it. And they would get really frustrated with me, yeah. you know. And yeah. so, thinking about it now, it's it's really apparent that, okay, those are the people that really love that process. They love that detail and getting it absolutely right. And I'm like, well, it looks good. Isn't that all that matters? <laughs> well, and process, process
0: is what, what their lives is about. It's mm. a repeatable process. So, you know that's why people are auditors because they love that stuff or they get involved in risk and they get involved in those sorts of areas where every word matters and precisions everything mm. but it ain't for everybody.
1: I know someone who likes to spreadsheet everything yeah spreadsheet what movies they've seen what music they've yeah. listened to like everything
0: you say that like it's a bad thing
1: <laughs> it's not a bad thing it's it's impressive yeah. I'm impressed I go wow that's that's impressive that you put that amount of effort into every aspect of your life
0: um, even i'm thinking they need to get out more.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay so then the peacock uh
0: the peacock is the the marketing person um this is uh, these are the visionaries uh quite often the entrepreneurs and it's about trying new things things that haven't been tried um breaking the mold uh having a having a go taking a risk falling over if it doesn't work, dusting yourself off, getting up, going again. If you think about someone like Richard Branson, who's probably the the archetype for this area, I mean, he's a maverick. Mm-hmm. And mavericks break a few rules, you know, try a few things out. And they're inspiring leaders because they create a story of a journey that they want you to come on and they take you on that journey. And everything's very visual and everything's done in pictures and – um very good at very good at leading large organisations because there's a point you can't manage everybody. You know, you've got forty thousand employees, you're not going to see them all, so you have to create a story and a, and a vision and a way of being that people want to get on board with.
1: Mm. And then finally, we have the doves. So who are who are our doves in the workplace? Well,
0: our doves tend to be anywhere you find a team, really. I mean, support teams customer service teams, a whole range of um, groups that are helping other people. So it's about being selfless and helping other people and making sure everybody's okay. Mm. Now that's from um, medicine to a whole range of industries, paramedical people, all sorts of people who want to help people Mm. because they love to be helpful, but they don't want to be in the front line. They don't want to be on stage all the time. And they don't want to take all the angst and anger that can come, if you're a CEO, for example, from people who didn't like the last decision you made. Mm. So um, they want to be a team player. They don't want to be, you know, the front and centre. Mm. Uh, but uh, you find them everywhere. There's certainly not-for-profits. You know, not-for-profits are often run by those because, um, you know, it's that solid moral compass stuff.
1: And they're great to talk to as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're lovely. Yeah, yeah
1: they're lovely and <laughs> they're always, you know, they always ask about you and make sure, making sure that you're okay. <laughs> mm, it's,
0: it's a bit like, you know, a, a grandma's hug, really. Yeah. You know, it's just, <laughs> oh, that's so nice. <laughs> and what you may or may not realize is that they're putting all the attention of the conversation on you. They're not pushing you, but they just keep coming back and, oh, really? So tell me more, Christine. Mm. Really? That's Oh, that's interesting, you know. And before you know it, you're chatting away about yourself and then you tell them stuff that maybe you wouldn't tell everybody And because they're to be trusted. They're very trustworthy humans. Mm. Mm. Lovely people.
1: Okay, so we've established, all right, there's four main types and I know that you've explained this to me that everyone has a, they, they have their main style, but then they have a, a secondary one as well that they can go into. And I think it's un- important to understand that because I know a lot of people might be listening going, yeah, but I don't fit into one of those boxes and you can't put me in a box. No. And-
0: no, a lot of people are very upset about being in a box. Mm. And I may I understand that. We're individuals. There's you know, six billion or whatever there are of us. So we all like to think we're unique and interesting, and, and we are. Uh, there are common themes, though, that we all kind of have to deal with. We've all got, you know, well, thankfully, for, for those of us who've got two arms and two legs, we you know, we have to walk and talk and function much the way everybody else does, because there are certain things that just make sense. So there are a lot of things we have in common, and they're the connections we can make to people. Everybody's a little bit different. Everybody's a little bit uh, interesting and quirky, but there's more common theme. Uh, then there is difference, and so if you think about that first impression, you know how long how long does it take to make a first impression? Well, it's it's seconds really, mm. and whether we like it or not, in those seconds, somebody looks us looks at us up and down, sums us up, and goes, "I know what you're like." Now that's not true at all, but that's what they do. They put us in a little box, mm. and that's based on how we look and how we act and how we talk. The thing to keep in mind, though, is that we don't just stay one flavour. If you think of the teenage and younger child, they're pretty easy to follow. There's not a lot of variety. You know, they come out the same way every day and you you know what you're getting every time because little Johnny or little Mary's there and they're, they're going to be as they were. When we get a bit older, we get more access into different ways of being and different styles of communicating. And so hopefully we grow. If you take me, I was born in Melbourne and I'll always be a Melbourne boy because this is my home base, this is the place I feel most comfortable in. I've travelled quite a bit, I've lived elsewhere, but I'll always be a Melbourne boy. And so in that quadrant or four, uh, four places to be, um, I'm very comfortable in one, but I also have access to the others. Mm. And that's true for everybody. So I said before, when we need to adjust our behaviour, we can. Um, it's not as comfortable uh, for some of us, but we can certainly do it. We can either get louder or quieter, or we can get more people-focused or more business-focused. But that's, um, that's really what we're talking about, the ability to do that comfortably. For those people who say, oh, I don't want to be in a box, I want to be categorized, we are creatures of habit. We have to be to survive. If you had to make a decision about every single thing you did every day, it probably wouldn't get out the door. You'd still be working out, now, which side of the bed do I get out of today? And do I put that leg in the trousers or that leg in the trousers? We do a lot of things on autopilot. And so we become fairly easy to to, um, interpret. And the way we are is fairly predictable. Mm.
1: Hmm. So in terms of taking it back to communication again, so we've got these main four different styles. What happens when an eagle communicates with let's say a dove what are the potential issues that can come up there
0: probably the easiest way to to kind of give context to this is that most eagles marry doves and vice versa and most owls marry peacocks and you might wonder why because they're so different and they're probably the most different across the across the diagonal if you like well, it's the opposite attracts things, thing. It's the mm. spark of difference. It's the noticing qualities in somebody else that you don't have. However, as anyone who'll tell you who's been married for a while, it can also be the source of a bit of angst because you'll have your idea about how something is done and that person who's very interesting and different has a very interesting and different way of doing it. And the same thing happens when we meet people who are very different to us. If we're very process-driven and methodical, we can't understand all this spontaneous jumping around, as we see it. If we're free-flowing and, and creative, we look at this process as being deadening and, wow. uh, and, and saltifying. So uh, this is where it goes wrong. If you think about the most annoying uncle or aunt you've got, and everybody's got one, um, you want to stop and go, well, is it that they're setting out to be annoying? Or is it that they're maybe just different to me and that I'm not identifying that? So I keep telling them they need to listen to me the way I speak. They keep telling me that theirs is a better way of speaking and we just don't get on. Mm. That would be the case for most torturous relationships <laughs> across the globe.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because one thing that I learned that, that made a lot of sense for me is that the eagle-type personality, because they are very direct with their language, they'll just say exactly what or ask very directly for what they want and say exactly what they think. And for them, they're just thinking, well, I'm just saying what I I need to say. There's no fluff. There's no softening of this language. Whereas a dove receiving that, it would be like, oh, my God, you're being really forceful. You know, have I done something wrong to upset you? You know, you seem upset. And, And that has happened to me before where someone's been very direct with me. I mean, I've become a lot more direct sort of in the last couple of years just because I don't know starting my own business perhaps and dealing with other direct people a lot but you know I used to be a bit intimidated by that because I think oh no they're being they're really impatient they don't have much time I have to answer really quickly and I'd get kind of um, frustrated or flustered I should say but but now I understand oh no they just they're just asking for what they want and then they in contrast get frustrated with a dove who might beat around the bush a little bit try and soften things a little bit by you know padding out their sentences and giving the whole backstory before they actually ask the question.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the, the task-oriented half of the world, be that the eagle or the owl, feel it's very important to tell it how it is and tell the truth as though they had uh, some monopoly on the truth. Mm. Sadly, most of the truth they're telling is simply their opinion, but they believe it to be so, so they say it as they see it, when they see it. They think that's pretty, you know, the way the world should be, clear and direct. The other half of the world that cares about relationships more understands that to maintain relationships, you have to be um, hard on the task but gentle on the person. So rather than saying, you know, that's the most awful outfit I've ever seen anyone wear, um, they may say, well, that's an interesting outfit, Um, you know, you're going somewhere special. (laughs) Both really mean the same thing, but one has some tact and the other has none. Absolutely,
1: I think that's a great distinction to make. That half the people focus on the actual task or the thing or the the output, mm. and then the other half focuses. It's it's more like, "Oh, you you're attacking my feelings," you know. So in a work context, the half the people are going to say, "You know, you delivered that work late. That's putting the project out of whack." Whereas the other half is like, "You delivered that project late. Like, are you mad at me, or are you?" Are you doing this deliberately to wreck my reputation? Yeah. And even though it's the, same, it's the same scenario, it's a completely different interpretation of why that person's done it or what effect it's going to have on the task or the project.
0: Absolutely. For a task-oriented person, we come, we move the pieces around the chessboard, and then we go home. Mm. Uh, if we're in the relationship side, it's about friendships and ongoing relationships. And uh, if somebody doesn't look after us or have our back or cover us or be kind to us, then something's happened to the relationship, and that's a terrible thing.
2: Yeah.
0: And so, um, the, the half of the world that is tasked doesn't invest very much emotionally, and then can't really understand why people don't like them because <laughs> uh, they haven't made any effort with them. So it's it's horses for courses. The the, the task half need to realise that there are people and people have feelings. The relationship people need to realize that it is work isn't everything. It is a thing that you do, but it isn't the whole emotional universe. And there are half the world who just want to get the job done, not really investing much else <laughs> But uh, Anyway.
1: What's the next step moving forward for, for someone who's thinking, okay, great, I'm interested now. That I want to see how I can communicate better with different people. What's the first thing they can start to do in terms of becoming a more effective communicator with with all the different personality styles.
0: Um, Well, Florence Littauer wrote a very good book. She talks about sanguines, melancholic, clerics and pragmatics, and that's quite a good read, Mm. but there are a number of books about uh, written about this subject. If you want a bit of fun, the eagle, the owl, the peacock, and the dove is a proprietary product, not mine, uh, but available online, and you mm. can go and you can test yourself out, and you'll see some words written about those. But there's a lot of literature about these these style, you know, these differences. Uh, the first thing is to be aware of them, and then the second thing is to think about well, okay, how do I tend to communicate? Mm. And when you run into a brick wall, as we often do, stop and go. Hang on. Is it them or is it something that I'm doing? But in the short term, it's awareness is the first step. You've just got to start working out, hey, I'm different to them and what's that about. And once you start noticing the difference, then you're going to be in a much better position to make an adjustment. Um, but my friend would my friend Roz would say, always be the constant tourist. Everywhere you go, imagine you're traveling through Europe and you've found a new country and you're looking around. You hear the language, you see the culture, you see the way they behave, and adjust to it. Don't expect everybody to be like you because it'll be really boring. Uh, make sure that you look and listen before you start telling everybody else how they should be.
1: Absolutely. Love it. Thank you so much, Ralph. Great. Thank really you insightful. Thanks for joining me. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks again to Ralph Muir Morris for joining me on the show this week. I'll be going more in depth into specific ways to communicate with different personality types in next week's show, so make sure you tune in then. So, I went online and I found the links that Ralph mentioned, including the Dove, Owl, Peacock, Eagle test, which is abbreviated funnily enough to the D O P E or Dope test. It was developed by a guy called Richard Stepp. And I also found a free PDF with the test on it. So make sure you go to the show notes at thecmethod.com slash ralph, that's R-A-L-P-H, to get your hands on that. There's no sign up or anything required. It's just a link to the PDF. Okay, and that brings us to the end of episode 61. Your challenge this week is to start observing the different personality styles you encounter. Are they an eagle? a peacock, a dove, or an owl. Give that a shot. It's not always obvious what type someone is, but you will get better at identifying them with practice. All right, I'll see you next week, rockstar. Keep on being awesome. My name's Christina Canters, and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. This week's song is Price Tag by Jessie J. Seems like everybody's got a price I wonder how they sleep at night When the sale comes first And the truth comes second Just stop for a minute and Smile Why is everybody so serious? Acting so damn mysterious you got your shades on your eyes And your heels so high That you can't even have a good Everybody look to their left, yeah Everybody look to their right, ha Can you feel that, yeah We're playing with love tonight It's not about the money, money, money We don't need your money, money, money We just wanna make the world dance Forget about the, the price tag Ain't about the, yeah Ka-ching, ka-ching Ain't about the, blah bling, blip, bling. want to make the world dance about the, the price tag.